0: welcome to the very first episode of the dangerous women's podcast we are so excited you're here my name is samantha losey and i'm the co-founder of the dangerous women's collective a cohort of fabulous talented dangerous women created with the ambition of bringing women together to help and empower one another however they can On today's episode, we're chatting with body and self-acceptance coach and model Kitty Underhill. She has been featured in publications like Cosmopolitan and Refinery29, as well as numerous expert panels focusing on body positivity and mental health. Welcome Kitty to the inaugural season of the Dangerous Women's Collective podcast. You are so welcome. Um, please start because you will do a much better job than me of telling us who you are and a little bit about you.
1: Sure, so my name is Kitty Underhill. My pronouns are she, her. I am a model, I'm a speaker. I'm also a body and self-acceptance coach. Well,
0: um, <laughs> we love it already everybody. Well,
1: thank you. Um, yeah, I just, uh, because I fell into modeling by mistake, essentially, I never saw anybody who looked like me. Mm. And And I essentially realized that in tandem with learning more about like feminism, beauty standards, the fact that we all get taught that our bodies should look a certain way made me realize that it was actually very messed up, that I didn't see other people that look like me in media and TV and all sorts of things. And I'm not the only one. Right. You know, we only see representation of like one percent of like certain uh, body representation right so i started being loud They look
0: great they look great everyone else looks good too this is the thing
1: (laughs) and it's like the problem with that kind of thing as well is that like you internalize that like that one image is the one representation of beauty right so Mm. i started being loud about it on the internet thankfully people started resonating with my message um i learned coaching training and i wanted to bridge the gap between what people are learning online and what They can do to actually make that a part of their life and change how they feel about themselves. Because I was getting so many people saying to me, You know, I follow all the right people online. Like, what am I doing wrong? And I was like, What do you mean? What are you doing wrong? Like, you're not doing anything wrong. If anything, it just puts a magnifying glass on the fact that, like, there aren't enough tools for us out there. Um, So I started my coaching practice, Embodying You, to, yeah, as I said, bridge that gap. And yeah just trying to keep being loud about being critical of the media that we consume that teaches us that our bodies aren't good enough and yeah. how we can start being nice to ourselves because we all deserve to be nice to ourselves right
0: oh my goodness I'm 100% and so presumably you predominantly work with women
1: at the moment yeah but you know I um I don't limit to gender yeah you course. know I guess for me I think I would love to welcome male clients or people who don't necessarily identify as, like, any of the gender binary. You know, my services are gender neutral. But what I do find is that a lot of women are, you know, do gravitate towards me. I think because they feel that kind of intensity around their bodies in a way that kind of filters through, you know, to the rest of their life. You know, it's... um, something that I often say as uh, something I learned from coaching training is that the mind and the body are one system. Mm-hmm. So essentially, if you feel bad about yourself, you're going to feel bad about your body. If you feel bad about your body, you're going to feel bad about it. It's just like it's all interconnected it's one
0: thing isn't it It's exactly. one whole mind health situation right and then yeah. it means that
1: you show up in the world differently if you don't feel good about yourself mm-hmm. so often you know people come to me for body stuff and we end up concentrating totally on self esteem and how they want to be more confident in the world yeah. and then they might want to work on their self esteem and then go oh actually I feel like when I have a bad body image day I don't show up in a meeting the way I want to yeah. you know so it, it takes so many different forms and I think that's kind of the magic of coaching and I think as well like with the whole like metaphor of a snowflake right is that the idea that you know it's bad to be delicate and it's bad to be sensitive but I think that's actually a real strength in that especially women get taught that like oh we're so emotional but I saw this thing recently which was so interesting that like essentially the patriarchy has rebranded anger as not being an emotion because if You know, we recognise anger was an emotion. Men would be the most emotional people out here, (laughs) right? They're yelling. They're like, they have a bad day. Suddenly, it's everyone else's problem, but ours. Always. They have a lot of bad days. Oh, they they have so many bad days. But when we're on our period, we'll start a nuclear war. Apparently, that's how that works.
0: Oh yeah, because because God forbid they gave us the nuclear football gendered (laughs) gendered name, and we would just be like, I'm grumpy today. Boom. As opposed to having to be the people who manage all of our emotions all of the time. Right.
1: Exactly. It's like I'm so done with this whole idea of like you can only be strong you can only be this it's like it's actually really strong to be vulnerable it's yes. strong to be sensitive it's strong to you know tackle those emotions that maybe don't sit so well in your body like that is strength yeah. strength isn't just whatever the male representation is
0: and it's so interesting because we started the collective because i was absolutely sick to death of the fact that there was this kind of old boy's Club, uh, yeah, and it works. It works really well. Every man you meet, you're like, oh, how do you know so well? Um, they're my sisters' aunt's dog walkers, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, you just knew a man, yeah, like, yeah, that's, that, great, you, you knew a man, right? Yeah. Okay, and I thought, well, I don't want an old girls club because that no. sounds really awful,
1: and then also it's like we don't want to replicate precisely what they've done, right? You At know, all? you want to really change the game,
0: one hundred percent. But it's such an interesting thing because I mean, I as I said to you before. I hate networking in this classic sense of it because it's designed for men, right? It's totally designed for men. And I don't know any women that are like, oh my God, I love to network. I stand (laughs) there with my warm wine and my name badge Mm, and I am just so ready for networking. You could stop me somewhere. I don't know any woman that's like that. I know every woman that's like, oh my God, it's so uncomfortable. It's so Mm. awkward. Why is it so not personal? Why is it like, and I think a lot of what you're talking about in terms of women's kind of discomfort with themselves and feeling Mm. like they have to be a certain type of woman strong and confident and loud in order to be effectively in an extroverted male Mm. zeitgeist and that's why networking is just not designed for us
1: no for sure and i think a lot of what we understand of networking is like it's devoid of connection and it's more about what you can get from somebody and I think that's probably what sits uncomfortably with us is that we go no I just like I actually made the mistake I think earlier in my career is that I assumed everyone I was networking with was my friend yeah um but I didn't realize that that wasn't the way it works (laughs) like I think because (laughs) I'm so like hey yeah oh my god I love what you're doing let's do this let's do that you know I've always been you know, especially because I've been in the creative field like as a model and, you know, I, I was only signed in like recent years. So a lot of this stuff I've like built up on my own. Yeah. Um, so whenever I connected with other creators, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. And then people didn't treat me, I guess, the way that I expected them to. Because I was like, I, th- I thought we were friends. And then I was like, no, <laughs> they were networking. I was making friends. so yes. it's like, And quite... they are
0: really different things, aren't <laughs> they? But there should be things. a crossover,
1: you know, because we need to connect with the people that we want to work with. It shouldn't just be a matter of in that kind of, I guess, male gazy version of networking that, oh, let's get what I want from them and dip. Yeah. Like we want it to be, yeah, more connective and more, yeah. More, more like a relationship, more, Right. Yeah, 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 it is yeah, yeah, more
0: female, isn't it? But equally, I think that there is something really important about women being able to... To be transactional without it mm. being like, oh my god, she's so what she grabby. like? Yeah, yeah,
1: she's such a taker. Literally. She's so ballsy. Oh so, my goodness, yeah.
0: what a like boss bitch. Like yeah. a yes, please. Everyone can call me that. Ever oh, always yeah. And B, it's okay to be transactional as a woman. Yeah. You're not. They were like, doing
1: it for how oh, long?
0: Literally, <laughs> they are like, I need this from you. Great, here you go. And um, instead, we have to kind of excuse it and we have to go oh you know I I, I do need something but I'm going to give you so much that I feel fine that if you maybe give me something back it's okay Mm -hmm. and I think that we have to get past that in order to be able to really tap into our power because our power is connectivity
1: hell yeah Exactly,
0: It's about women kind of joining each other together. And it's actually, and I would be so interested to hear your thoughts on this, because I have been incredibly lucky in my career in that I've been surrounded by phenomenal women. I Sick. have had, like, so many older, younger, like, I, as I sit here now, I'm surrounded by incredible women who we are love just... love to see it. Yeah, <laughs> and I have never really had bad experiences with women in the, the classic way that I feel like potentially a slightly older generation always will give you this attitude of... Mm. Well, I had to fight for my place in the room, and I was I was really pitted against the other woman in the room, which to me is which crazy. Sucks. Sorry, there are twelve other men in that room.
1: Yeah, I, and that, neither of them are pitted right, against each other. That
0: woman and me—we're taking everybody in the room out. Mm. But but I I wonder how much you kind of come across that attitude of it. You know, uh, other women being potentially threatening, or is it? Do you think that comfort with yourself helps you to get past that, or is that something that you think is maybe? passing us by now which I hope it is
1: oh that's a really interesting question so I think because I've you know for a long time I've always worked in like a creative field and again like weirdly I'm similar to you in that like before I got into this like I worked in a shoe shop where everyone who worked there was a woman I worked for an events company everyone bar one guy was a woman um so I've been really really lucky in that I think I've always surrounded myself with like accidentally even yeah. like incredible women
0: the universe brings them to that's like, it yeah. Yeah. yeah the universe
1: was like this is what you need you need yeah. more strong females yeah. around you and I, <laughs> I was totally about that um i guess i think when it comes to that more like competing with other people in the room kind of thing i think there's just a natural element of competition when in modeling just mm. because you know it, it's a competitive industry get a lot you get rejected too, right? all the Which time makes it even right more
0: competitive. exactly yeah. and then like
1: I remember once I was at my I was at my dad's we were just watching tv and I was watching an ad and I was like yeah I did the casting for that one and then the next one after the next ad after that I was like oh yeah I did a casting for that as well <laughs> and I was like oh well you know good for them you know good for I'm really glad that they got it I think like at the beginning I wasn't so certain in myself and I wasn't yeah. so sure of myself that I was like oh god this means I suck and now I'm like no I'm great and I, uh, you know, if it's not this, it will be something else. Yeah. I think there's so much of like a, it can be a kind of like a scarcity mindset of mm. like there's only so many opportunities for me, and I don't know whether that's something that happens when you're a woman that you feel like I I, I've is. only got so many. Whereas like yeah. men are always like, all right, on to the next. All right, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to apply for this job that I've no experience in, but I've got confidence. So I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Absolutely. And they get it, even and though then they, they have get it. Yeah. Less skills than the right. woman who interviewed with them. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so I think. Yeah, it's definitely a lot about your own personal attitude towards mm. yourself because you have to, you know, really think about, you know, the fact that any kind of rejection is not personal. You know, mm. in um, in coaching, we have this thing called the, uh, the logical levels and at the top of it or like in the midst of it is like identity and like how we formulate our identity. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we understand rejection as like we take it at an identity level i am being rejected i don't like you i you know and but the thing is is that rejection is actually on more of like maybe it's a capability level maybe Mm. it's like your environment they felt like you weren't the right fit maybe they don't feel like you have quite the right skills yet but at no point is it you personally you the person that you are is the one that's being rejected and once you kind of shift away from that mindset and go okay, well, it was never about my self-worth. It was never about how good I am as a person. Mm. It was just this thing. You kind of destigmatize it in a way and you feel a little bit better and you can move through the world a lot better once you kind of get to that point.
0: It takes a lot of confidence to be able to do that, doesn't it? It takes a lot of self-assurance. And how do you build confidence? And you you must kind of face this every day. How do you create and push against that reality that we have that is a woman is first how she looks?
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a big one to unpack. <laughs> I think um, what I found really helpful for me and what I often pass on to like my clients or my social following is that it's time to start criticising the system, right? It's not... Like, yes, every it all day. affects us. So, yeah, every, <laughs> every every day, day I wake yeah. up and criticize the system <laughs> because do. I've had the enough. Team, the team is
0: so over it. They're like, oh, please. Again, with let the patriarchy. I know, 100%. But it it's true.
1: Like, because I think once you unpick and unpack the realities of what you've been taught, because a lot of this is learned behavior, a lot of this is something that we've been taught, right? And once you realize that, you go, okay, well, how do I fight against it? How can I be more authentically myself within that space that I have been given? You know, because, you know, you're going to get messages about how you should look every day. You're going to get messages about, you know, know, how you should dress, how you should act in an interview, how you should network. You know, you're going to be receiving all of these tacit messages that tell you that the way that you are right now is not good enough. Mm. But the way that you are has always been good enough. Mm. And that's not something that, Is compromisable. That's not something that changes. Your worth is inherent. And once you move from that space of knowing that you're good enough, it really changes the way that you actually move through the world. Because, you know, I mean, I say this, it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. But I think the tip is to just like keep being compassionate with yourself, keep treating yourself like you're your own best friend. Like You know, I think especially if you're like single, one of the things that I've been doing recently, which has also helped with my confidence, is treating myself like I treat a partner. I'd be like, let me just let me just make myself an incredible meal, dress up like a baddie, like live my best life. And because I'm pouring so much love into myself, I move through the world differently. I move through the world with love. And that is something I encourage so many people to do because it's so natural for us to beat ourselves up about Any little tiny thing.
0: Oh, my goodness. Every small thing. I don't network right. I'm so awkward in this room. I'm not doing this right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, think about all the things
1: you're doing right rather than all the things you're doing quote-unquote wrong, you know, because also what you think you might be doing wrong, someone else won't see that at all and go, oh, my God, I love the way she did that. I love the way that she, you know. But you immediately think to all the ways to criticise yourself. And that's because we've been brought up in a society that tells us that we're not good enough. So flip the script.
0: Stop doing that to yourself. 100%. Like. We are told all the time, we need to be more this, we need to be more that. And boys are just great.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Whereas we have to learn to be sensitive and kind and cook and be accountable and think fifty steps ahead of before I do something. Or
0: strong and loud yeah, and but confident, but also or, really you know, sexy and yeah. also oh, like a porn 100%. star,
1: but also a virgin, but yeah. also a uh, uh, the
0: binaries a um, hundred. let's talk actually um, uh, for a minute about kind of networking and in terms of like your best advice and thoughts and the things that women can do because like I said, you know, I find it so awkward the collective is designed so that you show up in a room, A, we put you in fabulous rooms, no warm champagne. and <laughs> B, there are no name badges Jesus, um, but also the whole point is that you automatically have something that binds you in that you've all been invited to be part of the collective mm. so someone knows you in that room but even if that person that knows you isn't in that room you are connected with those women because you've all been identified as dangerous women women who are inherently getting shit done i love that and they are cross-sectional they are all ages they are intergenerational and they are just at the peak of their careers in so many different ways pushing boundaries but i'm so keen to hear from you kind of you know Tell me about networking for you. Tell me about what you kind of have absorbed because obviously taking yourself through those experiences with with compassion and love must be a kind of huge part of it. But Mm. help help our listeners.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I think... Oh, that's a... Yeah, where do I start with that? I think with networking you have to have an intention before you go in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, think what do... I mean, I know earlier we were like, people just are so transactional, but you do have to think about what you want to get out of the experience. Because if you stand there and go, I'm just going to be awkward all day, like, what was the point in, like, attending, right? And I think going in there tackling any kind of like limiting beliefs you might have around networking I think is really helpful as well like why do I feel like it's awkward why do I feel like I can't show up for myself what is telling me that I can't show up for myself you know and just once you unpick those a little bit you have a clear idea of why you've got those limiting beliefs and you can start to kind of do away with them and like put them away and be like you know these are limiting me I want to show up as my fullest self so I can make the best connections possible in this room so let me see where all this like you know hesitancy is coming from and like try and unpack it that way
0: yeah absolutely
1: um I also think it's really good to I mean with networking for me yeah. as I said like I always come at it from like kind of hey we're all friends here kind of vibe yeah but I do think that's actually helped me because it's never been a case of I know what this person does, so I'm going to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I just talk to whoever in the room because I'm just like, I know I'm going to learn something from you. Or, you know, there could be like a weird way that we cross over and it's like, oh, maybe we should talk about that a little bit more. And just instead of like, yes, have the intention of what you want to gain, but also just enter the room with curiosity. Yeah, Like, I think one of the best things we could do, like in life in general, but also in networking is just be curious. Like, You know, you don't know what's going to come out of a situation. So just see what you can learn and see what follows. Because something that, you know, just like a one off, like two minute conversation with somebody in that room, you might not think anything of it. But then a few months down the line, someone will go, we met at this collective and it was really awesome. And, you know, I'm now doing this thing and I thought of you, you know, that's that's how this stuff organically works. I think if you kind of set yourself in there going, I'm going to talk to this person and I'm going to get this email and I'm going to do this it's almost a little bit too rigid. Have a bit more fluidity and curiosity with it and I think you'll find it a lot easier to cope with.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's very much kind of what we've had so far is women who have just had a conversation about, I mean, you know, if it's me, it's 100% going to be skincare because that's all I know how to talk about. Oh, good to know.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be talking to you about that after this.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it could be about anything. It could be about mountain climbing. It could be about anything. But, but they've, they've had a conversation, they've connected and then we've had women come through us and go, I met this great woman, you know, and obviously people switch contacts and all, but it's not about that. Mm. It's about how often do you get a chance to stand in a room of really phenomenal women and it just be like everyone in the room is happy for everyone else because no one's out out to... You don't need the other person's job. You don't need the other person's... You know, you're not competitive. Instead, you're just like, this is amazing. These are all brilliant women and I'm surrounded by them. Sometimes, I mean, I've been lucky, you've been lucky in terms of being surrounded by them, particularly professionally, but also in my personal life. But it can be hard to meet women who are... uh, on a level with you about certain things you know i bang on about the patriarchy all the time and i think a lot of women are like oh my god please i had i was at lunch the other day and um, i was talking about the dangerous women collective and she was saying oh my god that sounds amazing it's not feminist is it wow
1: <laughs> oh my god that's so interesting because <laughs> I, I think know. in my bubble if someone said something like that everyone around the table would be shocked yeah, and would be like of course like we're feminist silence. what do you mean like, literally
0: it's that's like, what so do you interesting mean? It's not feminist like firstly every human should be a yeah. feminist like absolutely. this is a given right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. we should stand up
1: for everybody all the time 100% like,
0: and every other word that means standing up for each other I'm, yeah. I'm pro
1: advocating 100% you know,
0: yeah, absolutely. lifting up
1: all those things but you yeah. know
0: intersectionality and all of those things Hell where yeah. it's like it's not just about women no. I just happen to be one of those so yeah. that, I can speak to my experience of it It was like ha- what, what has happened in the world that there is a woman who is kind of feeling like oh I don't want to be labeled in this way Mm. because that means something about me that means something bad
1: i think sometimes and i don't want to you know this is a generalization i don't think this is necessarily the case for everybody but i think because feminism has this kind of connotation of being disruptive making people uncomfortable making them tackle the things that you know they maybe don't want to look at straight in the eyes you know and i think because it's disruptive Women are like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, I don't know if I want to be the person who makes a man uncomfortable on a date because they cross my boundaries. I don't know if I want to be the person who stands up to my dad whenever he like tells me that all women are crappy drivers, you know. Like, yeah. you know, and there's, but then there's also, I think, another element with the male gaze, right? I think when. Uh, you know straight women bisexual women people who women who are attracted to men right when they're trying to talk to men they don't want to be the person who's like angry or whatever like they want to fit into what's attractive to them and i just think that's that's so unfair like women have are so multifaceted and beautiful and are naturally disruptive you know like what's that phrase you know hell hath no fury like a woman scorned like when we're annoyed we will deal with
0: shit and we'll we make it happen mountains. we will move mountains yeah, we will do 100%. stuff
1: and i think honestly a lot of men don't like to be challenged so women go you know i guess you know i'm not gonna fit into the whole like angry feminist not shave my armpits thing but like feminism you know takes so many different forms and is so it's collective and individual you know and it means something different to everybody and so just because like we have this one very stereotypical idea of feminism doesn't mean that that's the only way to be yeah. and also if like a man doesn't like you if you're a feminist that's a red flag dip oh get the hell out <laughs> we d- we do not want that no energy sense. when we're dating
0: no literally <laughs> and it's a funny thing isn't it because i know particularly in kind of like i'm in my i like to still say early 30s but technically at 34 i think i have to say mid 30s now
1: um but if- i'm not i'm not Pulling, you know, I'm not pulling hairs or whatever that phrase is. It's yeah, well, 30s. it's 30s or whatever. But
0: it's my early thirties, um, and I know so many just impressive women, and and the the fact that so many of them are single, and I think it's very much to do with the fact that a lot of them have gotten to a good comfort level with themselves mm. and don't want to compromise their boundaries and don't want to and don't want to be acquiescent about the way they show up or the way they look or the way that and you're like you. I mean, a man would just be so lucky. Like, like so it just, lucky. It's just yeah. like the, what what is going on here in the world, and yet we have these ridiculous things like apps that are supposed to define whether or not you know. So surely that is basing everything on how somebody looks. Yeah. I think that the fact that we have been made to feel like we need to minimise ourselves. That's
1: exactly it. <laughs>
0: of a collector of people's hilarious sexism stories just because they're always. <laughs> i mean really they're always terrible it, yeah. they're so good though so please give us one of your cricket moments because i feel like you're gonna have some good ones
1: um yeah i mean being a being a model brings that kind of energy towards you sometimes and uh i remember it was a good couple of years ago now i did my first uh lingerie shoot and it was still very new to me and i wasn't like so
0: brave i would be so terrified
1: oh see I'm, i'm now in my pants more often than i'm not like i just i i think again because i've just been like in this world for so long i just never think anything of it i'm always just in my pants somehow on the internet um and that actually got me in trouble with mum's net last year. That's I was a whole about other to say, story. how does
0: your mum feel about that? Because I think that's another thing, isn't it? Is it's like, wait, are we so often are like, oh my goodness, what will the other women in my life think about this?
1: Oh, so my mum is like super supportive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I guess I had an interesting um, interaction with my aunt. Because when I launched my coaching career, she was like, but what are you going to do if someone finds your like sexier photos on the internet? And I was like, well, then it's it's a point of conversation, right? You know, if someone has a problem with it, I go okay. Well, like, what's the problem? What can we unpack here? Like, yeah. just coming into that interaction with curio- curiosity, exactly, yeah. exactly, because it's, it's a learning moment, right? Yeah. Like, I'm never going to be like, oh, someone tells me I shouldn't be in my underwear. You know, oh, I shan't ever do it again. Like, I'm never, I'm never going to be that person. <laughs> <I reformed>. Exactly. <laughs> now, let me go back into my little hole. No. Um, so, uh, right, sexism. sexism. There we go. We're back yeah, in the room. Right. So. So it was my first one so I wasn't like fully you know I was like under a blanket that kind of thing and I was shooting with um, yes this is important to know a male photographer yeah and my other friend was there and he's a male model and he lived around the corner from the studio and he had a beard and the photographer said right so while me and Kitty are shooting this lingerie um, you go around the corner shave your beard off or we'll do new shots of you with your clean face and he was like okay fine. So he went off, did the shoot, and I was like, oh, this actually feels really good. I feel really confident. That's amazing. And then he, we finish this set, and he goes, well, now you know you can do porn. I was like, pardon? Huh? What? Like, my, yeah, now I know, I can, apparently, because of, even though, like, not being funny, it wasn't, like, my sauciest of photos. I've definitely released saucier things since then. Um, and I was literally at the blanket kind of up here. You could see, like, a little bit of my bra, like, whatever. And that was his immediate response just oh. now you know you can do porn like great they're great i mean it's obviously so like
0: many things there though right like oh yeah. thank you that's such i'm really
1: glad you me. were like sexualizing me while i was trusting you with, with this situation with and hoping that i could be safe with you and like you know and obviously like sex workers work i have no shade towards any you know porn creators, sex porn, creators. Porn. Like, exactly you live your best that, life right
0: you didn't know you could do porn if you wanted to do porn. yeah i mean like i could have gone well
1: great Let, let's do that <laughs> i mean yeah i mean so it w- i think what it was more so about was just like that feeling of i really trusted somebody yeah. or oh, i trusted a man and I was kind of being consumed in a way that I kind of didn't consent to. Yeah. You know, and it just made me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. And it was just really icky. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't 100%. know what to Because well, you were icky. there
0: to work as well, right? Yeah, like, exactly. There, I was like building working. up my portfolio. And, like,
1: and also, he had the absolute cheek to air- to airbrush me to filth afterwards. And I'll be funny, I was 20. I was 20, wait, 21, 22. I'm now 30. Um, I didn't need that much airbrushing, my guy. Like, I look great. I look fine. But literally it was almost like, again, weirdly, like that kind of seventies porn star kind of Vaseline filter type airbrushing. And you know, I I, throughout my work, like as much as possible, I've always said like please don't edit my images. Like I'm not I'm not trying to sell like something fake. You know, I have cellular, I have stretch marks, I have rolls, they're all beautiful, why would I hide them? but it really struck me in that moment like wow you you did you really see me as a human being in that moment like you're just gonna airbrush me to filth and tell me i could do porn and whatever it was just weirdo stuff yeah and yeah. interestingly he never became a successful photographer
0: you Funny that. found
1: me yeah well i know mind-blowing
0: right So just to kind of like wrap it up because I'm really conscious that there is so much that we we could go into here because I think that for me the body stuff for women is just it's so much right it's so so much and I think a lot of us probably have teams that have got young women in them I certainly have the privilege of that Mm. and I'm aware that you know we spend a lot of time building people up we have like really weird rules about we don't really talk about weight and things like this because I'm just like the the second someone in the team's like diet I'm like "Hmm?" (laughs) what do you say (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) good (laughs) don't be be doing that Um, but What are the most important things that we can do to support each other in terms of, you know, body positivity and the way that you are, particularly if you're leading a team or if you've got a group of women who are looking to you? You know, what can you make sure that you're doing to make sure that they are as supported and as, you know, positive about themselves as possible?
1: Um, Well, I think what you do is a really great start in that, you know, you having diets as like a part of your day to day talk, we don't realise how much that kind of like weight body talk is like very much consuming you know I was in I've been working I guess in like the body acceptance world for like a good couple of years now and I remember during that time I was also like working in an office part-time and it was really jarring going from like being on my online space where it's like your body's beautiful don't want you know be you know the best version of yourself that you can be and that doesn't mean losing weight it just means being who you are and then going into the office then being like oh can't have cake it's naughty and it's like oh it, it, it's not arson Sharon like just eat the cake like it's yeah. fine like Absolutely. Uh, which like and I think part of it has to be like destigmatizing food yeah. in a way oh my god because what we could do we could be like oh like oh you're only you're having celery oh or oh like are you sure you want to have that much for lunch like we don't these kinds of comments are so normalized yeah. I think in office spaces mm-hmm. and in like working spaces and we don't need them like we really really don't just like as soon as you think to start talking about what someone else is eating or their body you know just stop yourself because Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and this is something I explain to my clients and my online following is that what people say about your body and what you're eating is an amalgamation of everything that they have learned about what they should be eating and what they should look it actually has nothing to do with you they're just projecting it onto you so the more that you can kind of check in with you know, am I concerned or am I actually just projecting? Like, because really what someone eats and how someone looks it's is none of our business. business. Exactly, yeah. exactly. To the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. Um, so just being able to be more conscious of how that kind of talk kind of comes up and how you can tackle it or just get rid of it completely, I think is a really good conscious thing. Yeah. And yeah i think those are that's my main tip yeah. you know because it's been a long time since i've like been in a proper proper office
0: yeah Kitty, <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us thank i have me. a million more questions but we are so delighted save to that have for part two you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. where can people find you
1: Um, So you can find me on socials, uh, either my name, so Kitty Underhill X, which is like my name with a kiss on the end. Oh, I love it. Very nice, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then otherwise on socials uh, for my coaching, it's embodying.u.
0: Okay, amazing. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Dangerous Women podcast. To learn more, find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, or at dangerouswomencollective.com.